Welcome to Cellmates. I'm Dick Ward. And I'm Kate Phillips. And welcome to Cellmates. Again. I'm Dick Ward. And I'm Kate. This is just going to be a loop forever and ever. Okay, let me try this again. Uh, welcome to Cellmates, the podcast where we uh, analyze, digitize, make a Venn diagram, and generally compare and talk about two or more animated feature films. They are usually Disney. But not always. They are usually musicals. Not always. They're usually good. Not always. Today they're good. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We've been uh, on a roll of just like pretty good movies. I mean, why watch a movie if it's not all that good? Uh, like, I had a lot of fun with We're Back. Yeah. But there's even, there's redeeming features of it. I don't know. We're Back to me is not as offensive as some other movies out there. But now that like we've made these giant lists on you know, on our Google Docs yeah. of like movies that we could do and that we want to find pairings with and then movings we've moving movings. I can't say anything related to the word movie. I no, just, you've it's either movie or moving. In, two, in 2018, you you had movie and then you said, <laughs> you know what? My New Year's resolution is to say say movie instead. Make and, new mistakes. <laughs> and now you're saying moving, which is closer. Movings. It's close. I mean, it's it's a ver- variation on the full it's a moving the pictures. Theme. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, so we have a lot of movies we want to do, and generally we like to go for the good ones, because that means we get to watch good movies. Yeah, which we like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, today uh, we're doing two, two movies. Two movies. Uh, two really, I think, both really good movies. And potentially underrated. Yeah. Like, we, I, I, I had not seen either of these since they well, came out. One of them might be overappreciated. That's based, true. Based on our recent Wikipedia that, well, readings. We'll see. Um, but uh, we always uh, start by talking about what we're drinking, because uh, we always like to have a drink-themed uh, after or yeah. near the movie. So, Kate, what are you drinking today? I am drinking Longboard mm-hmm. Island Lager. Uh, mm. It's by Kona, a brewing uh, company that just happens to be based in Hawaii. Oh, would you describe this as a spirited, crisp, and refreshing brew? Yeah, I might. Wow. Yeah. Would you describe it as a f- smooth ride all the way in? All the way in. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, so Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii... Is this? Are we doing the Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii? That's not animated. That's case. Uh, the uh, that's that second uh, new Brady Bunch movie yeah. where they go to Hawaii. With it was the... also an episode. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what the movie is based on. But that's not animated. No, hmm. um, they do go on a an, like an LSD trip with Carol's supposed former husband. Have you not seen the the Shelley Long Gary Cole? Brady movies? Why would I have seen that? I don't know. We watched them growing up. I we guess, probably shouldn't have. I guess I'm going to watch them now. Yeah. That sounds amazing. The second one isn't as good as the first one, but it does have like a mushrooms trip where the... Oh, you know what? No, I saw yeah. the first one because mm. I was on a really large nostalgic kick for a time that I never remembered and never really existed. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Brady Bunch was weird on nope. that. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Kate. So, uh, uh, so, not only are we going to Hawaii in our episode adventure today, but, uh, uh, y- you know, Dick, you work with computers. You're a um, computer right. expert. I'm a, I am a uh, computer programmer. Even. That's correct. Yeah. And in order to have a computer, you have to have some kind of board, right? Like a, 
motherboard. Or like a circuit board. Or a circuit board. You know, circuit board, motherboard, uh, Yeah, those two things. So like on a regular computer or like robot, it would be like, how big would a board be? I'd be like kind of normal size. Like kind of normal size? Yeah. But what about if it was like a giant computer robot? Well, I think that'd have to be a long board. A long board, right? So, oh, so uh, wait. This long board oh. lager that we're drinking right now ties into like a giant computer robot? Yeah. Hmm. Giant computer robot who surfs hmm. the Hawaiian uh, tides. So the two movies we're talking about uh, are, uh, of course... Um, Labo and Stretch, the animated the animated adventures, adventures of, of the South African Lion King composer and Elaine Stretch. I would watch that. I told you I had a stupid joke locked and loaded. Oh, that was the one. Really proud of it. Yeah. Uh, we watched we watched Lilo and Stitch and uh, and the Iron Giant. Oh, no, check. Yeah. Um, but I would not be surprised. Lilo and Stitch has had enough spinoffs that there's probably a giant robot surfing in one of them. Yeah, there are. There, there is almost like, has to be. There was a Japanese TV series and then some movies based on that. A Chinese TV series and then some movies based on that. And then like a series of American like TV series and also movies. It and took you longer to read the list of the spinoffs than I think the runtime of the movie. Yeah. And also the ride that like people complain about, but... It yeah, can't be worse than Superstar Limo, so. Yeah, I mean, nothing. Nothing could be that. putting that out there. So, Dick, we... Yeah, Superstar uh, Limo fans, come at me. Uh, beyond the um, very great uh, tying together of these films in our beer choice, <laughs> yeah. uh, why why do you think these movies belong in the same podcast episode? Well, they're they're actually pretty similar movies. Like, they have they have a very similar theme, which is a... Um, uh, someone that starts out as kind of an antagonist that, or not an antagonist, someone that starts out like a little scary that was created to be destructive mm-hmm. and then uh, by the end of the movie changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do or they may, they may or may not seek redemption. They may or not be like willing participants in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of the same thematic element right and they change with the you know with the help of a child Mm -hmm. uh from a a lonely child from a broken family in one way or another so and a lonely child that kind of wants to keep them as a pet yes yeah um they also have these are these are not just like uh human characters who are made to destroy these are like essentially aliens it's a robot and an alien yeah yeah and the robot might be an alien we're not sure yeah it's really unclear yeah um, it's also interesting that both of them have like a kind of crazy pants government agent trying to like ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's dive into it. Oh my God. Yes. Dick, the iron giant mm. came out in 1999 mm. mm-hmm. when, uh, what's your experience with this movie? Uh, so I am not 100% confident but I think I saw this in theaters. Hmm. I have a very poor memory. So if I didn't see it in theaters, I, I saw it right when it came out on DVD or VHS, whichever one we were using at the time. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it when I first saw it. Uh, I think I like it more seeing it again. Um, because now, like, I've got a little age on me and it can affect me in a different way. Um, but yeah, 99, I would have been... Was it summer of 99? I would yeah. have been like 16 or 17, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this was, I mean, it's right up my alley. It's like a 
giant s- space robot. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. What about what about you, Kate? What's your experience with Iron Giant? I did not see this in theaters. I think I saw it. My brother, I think, had seen this movie first. Mm. I don't know if he saw it in theaters. Uh, not a lot of people did. Like <laughs> looking back at the history, um, yeah, this was a bomb. Right? It was, yeah. They were told the creators had been working on it for two, three years, and they were told in April that their movie was going to be released in June. Yeah. So they had like no marketing. They had like May to market it. Yeah. They and so they had no marketing. The movie made like a third of its budget. Yeah. In the theaters, uh, and so, but because it was so well received by the people who did see it, they did a much bigger campaign for its yeah its home video release. Yeah, it's 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 yeah we'll we'll get into it, but yeah, yeah, it's it's surprising how poorly it did and how poorly it was marketed. So my best guess would be that my brother saw it on video. And then, like, just watched it enough times that I was there for one of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I didn't remember a lot about this movie. Actually, my main memory um, ends up being a, a Sinbad Shazam type memory that was implanted there, but wasn't real. So the, the, uh, be good oh. <laughs> that I thought was in this movie, and I was waiting the entire, in the entire run of the movie for that, this line. And apparently, it's from E.T., yeah. and it's just, used in a way in Shrek 2, <laughs> a movie that keeps coming up on this podcast, um, in a way that makes it seem like it's from the Iron Giant, but it's not. So are you saying that in Shrek 2, they just throw out a reference as a joke without any care about where it comes from or the context? Yeah, it's something like that. That's interesting. It seems weird for a Shrek that movie. It seems weird for a Shrek yeah. movie. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so I remembered very little, but I do remember it like being better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, same thing for my adult viewing of it uh, just recently. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, who's who? We're doing two-minute summaries. Is that correct? We are doing two-minute summaries. Yeah, yes. I think I am taking Iron Giant. Yes, that is or, correct. Sorry, the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. Yes. Uh, not the Iron Man, mm. although you could call it that if you were Pete Townsend. I could, yes. Yeah, because this started its life as a book and then as a musical by Pete Townsend. Yeah, like rock opera, like in we the style of Tommy's. We have not listened to this yet. We but have not. At some point, we will open up a Patreon tier where we perform it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. That'll be great. I'm all for it. We, I mean, we don't have a Patreon. <clears throat> we don't. But if we did. It would be just for this. It would be just for that. Yeah. That purpose. Yeah. So... Dick, you got two minutes on the cookie Ooh, timer. Cookie timer. Ready and Iron Giant. Oh my God, you didn't ask me if I was ready. You didn't really tell me to respond. It's okay. Iron Giant. Okay. So there's a kid. He's lonely. Uh, he's doing something and he looks out the window and whoosh, boom, he sees like this meteor fall. That sounds true. Uh, and he's out like out exploring. Oh my God, wait, Kate, can you stop the cookie timer what? for a minute? Uh, what is happening? I'm sorry. Am I... Re- Am I retelling Lilo and Stitch right now? How does this movie start? No, this is that's, that's part of it. It starts with a meteor. He sees a meteor at night. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna. Cool. Sorry. Put these like, movies are very similar. Thanks. All right, that's fine. I'll give you a full two minutes. <laughs> okay, I'll start first. I feel like you are you, you're taking advantage of the cookie timer right. these days. I mean, All right, no. and I'm not gonna ask you if you're ready. Go. Okay, so there's this boy, and he's like lonely or something, and he's like. Um, oh, I think he like falls asleep watching scary movies because his mom's going to be mm-hmm. at work late. That's how it starts. And he like 
watching some scary movies and then he sees like a thing fall from outer space. Yeah. Or things get eaten first. Like there's yeah. talk of, yeah, we I don't, don't really remember. Go. Anyway, so he goes out and he's like looking around and he sees this glow and it ends up being like a power plant, like mm. a, like a glowing uh, transformer or something. And then he turns around and sees, holy crap, it's an iron giant. He's like, yo, this robot, we're going to be best friends. And he tries to be that robot's best friend. And they are best friends for a while. Um, and he ends up hiding him in a junkyard of this like cool art junk man. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Iron Giant, uh, like the boy pulls a gun on the Iron Giant. Like not a, a real gun, gun a oh, toy yeah. gun. Um, because he's playing and the Iron Giant like jumps into defense mode and like tries to kill this boy. Uh, meanwhile, there's this government agent trying to figure out what's going on because something's going on, and it ends up uh, the the guy like moves in with the kid and his mom, and it's creepy. Um, and then the kid uh, like dresses up the Iron Giant like art to fool the guy, and the guy runs away. And then they see the Iron Giant being an Iron Giant, and they try and kill it. And the Iron Giant's like, "No, don't kill me." Uh, but he like turns into like a war machine because he was like apparently programmed for war. Uh, eventually, the kid goes up to him and he's like, "Yo, stop it!" Uh, and then the government agent like launches a nuke, and then the Iron Giant is like, "Hey, I'm gonna be the the hero of this story," and he flies up into the nuke and destroys the Superman. bomb and himself. Yeah, saying Superman uh, because he's not a weapon; he's a Superman. Cookies are done. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm also not sure if it starts with a meteor situation. It starts with uh, the Iron Giant uh, appearing in like a tidal wave. Oh, yeah, yeah. that The storm boat I remember yeah. that about halfway through. Yeah. yeah. I, I got... So there is a meteor, just not... Hogarth doesn't see it. Right. Hogarth. Hogarth. Silly. Yeah. Sorry. Great. This is our second movie in a row where our hero has a really dumb name. Hogarth. Hogarth and Eugene Fitzpanson. Fitzpanson. Uh, well, I don't know. It's all relative, right? Ugh, okay. Maybe someone thinks Dick is I, a dumb name. Well, they're wrong. Uh-huh. But I will apologize to Hogarths and Eugene Fitzpatrick's out there. Fitzherberts. Fitzherberts. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's Iron Giant. Yeah. This, yeah, it's it's great. It is like more adult- not adult focused, but it like resonates and it's, very it's well as an adult movie soups, as well. Soup's touching. Mm-hmm. Like raises raises some great issues mm-hmm. about like whoa, what like uh, nature versus nurture a little bit. It's yep. a little bit of uh, is is a great movie. We it's will, fantastic. Yeah, and similar to it uh, <laughs> in more ways than maybe we realized. Yes, is the movie Lilo and Stitch. Yes. Uh, Lilo and Stitch, where were you when you first saw Lilo and Stitch? So I first saw Stitch. You first, where you first saw Lilo and Stitch. Well, I first saw Lilo (laughs) Lilo and Stitch begrudgingly in Mm -hmm. the theater because this movie, as opposed to The Iron Giant, which was not marketed at all, this movie was very specifically marketed in a a campaign that they have titled Inter-Stitch-Us. (laughs) Ha ha! No. I get it. Where uh, you start uh, with a scene of a classic Disney Renaissance movie, mm-hmm. and then L- Stitch comes in and ruins it 
and ruins my childhood as a result. Now, hold he on. crashes down a chandelier into Beauty and the Beast, and then he like makes an advance at Belle, and then she goes to her room instead of finishing the dance with the Beast, and then he like uh, steals Jasmine from Aladdin mid magic carpet ride yeah, that's with a little, his spaceship. It's a little creepy. And he like makes a tidal wave go on Ariel. It's all very upsetting. Wait, the tidal wave's pretty funny. Yeah, but the Lion King one's funny. The Lion King one is. Fine. It's funny and it's not it's not upsettingly creepy because Sketch isn't picking up women. Yeah. So I was just <coughs> upset by this whole campaign and I'm yeah. like, well if this is like it's just gonna be two hours of some rude crude dude. Yeah, rude character that doesn't that just garbles nonsense and ruins my favorite movies. I'm not for this. Yeah, and how old were you at this time? Uh I would have been fifteen. Okay. So yeah. And, and you know, it had been, it's past the renaissance at this point. So I'm like, well, you're just going to trash it? Is that your strategy now? No. I saw it. it. It's a good movie. And I knew that at the time. Like, okay, this is different than what they had marketed. It's it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen it between when it came out and when we watched it for the podcast. So oh. Yeah. Um, the other marketing, I want to bring up the other marketing campaign that uh, ruined a lot of people's vacations. Uh, is when um, Stitch was coming out, they had him toilet paper uh, Cinderella's castle at like Walt the, Disney World. Ugh. It was just covered in toilet paper with and Stitch like, was here yeah, written Stitch on. Yeah, Stitch rules and basically like vandalized the castle. Yeah. That's what um, it looked like. But just for one day, which I think is pretty cool. I I get. Do you so? But isn't there? There's a. It's unclear whether it was meant to be one day or people reacted so violently that they're like, whoop, okay, uh, tear it down, that's, shut it down. <laughs> that's fair. But if it is just for one day, I liked it. Um, uh, but also, if if I was going to Disney and I only had one day in the Magic Kingdom and I was there with my family. Pissed. I, yeah, I'd be upset. Instantly pissed, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool for those of us that have been to Disney like a bunch and we can see that. Sure. Um, Okay, so I first and, saw... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, you first... Yeah. Great. I first saw Lilo and Stitch in the theaters. Uh, I liked the marketing campaign uh, and went to see it because I was like, oh, this is this is cool. Um, like, Disney kind of has a sense of humor about themselves. It's kind of fun. It's kind of wacky. I really like the Little Mermaid one and the uh, Lion King one. Uh, You're just saying that now. I... I, I'm saying right now, I like those. Oh, okay. I don't know which ones I liked at the time. I all might right. have liked them all. I don't remember seeing the Lion King one. Mm-hmm. Um, but currently, I like those two. I think they're funny. I think it's enough of like a, hey, you're a rambunctious jerk. Um, uh, but yeah, so I saw the movie in theaters. I was very excited about it. Um, I'm a big Kids in the Hall fan. So like anything uh, any of the kids was doing, kids were doing. After uh, the show, I was like interested in, and Kevin McDonald is the goofy voiced alien, um, and he's tremendous. Uh, so I was, I was pretty excited about it uh, and was happy that I enjoyed it. Fantastic. Yeah. I hope that was a good story. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Great story. Nice. All, all, all stories on this podcast are great. That's right. All right. I've got a cookie timer set for myself. Dick, Uh-oh. am I ready? Um, no. Uh, too bad. Here, here <laughs> I go. All right. So, uh, Stitch is this blue 
a chaos Muppet creature created by an intergalactic uh, scientist. And the scientist is being put on trial because uh, he made something that can't be controlled and it's going to destroy everything. Uh, so he and the alien get the... D, I guess exiled kind of, but something goes wrong. Stitch gets out of the trap and he ends up uh, catapulting to Earth, a planet they don't know very much about. So the scientist and like an intergalactic police, Mm -hmm. Kevin McDonald, um, are sent to Earth to track him, capture him, and bring him back. And uh, meanwhile, Stitch is like uh, super smart and he's super strong. He's like invincible, kind of like Superman, uh, but but chaos. And uh, he falls into the care of this girl, Lilo, who is this lonely girl raised by her sister, Nani, because her parents have died. And she's looking for a friend. She doesn't have any. And she finds this, quote unquote, dog at the adoption center because uh, Stitch has somewhat modified his appearance to look like a dog. Yes. Um, and because Lilo is weird, uh, she loves this weird dog, takes him home. He creates chaos uh meanwhile the sister is being closely watched by the social worker to see if lilo is safe in her care she really isn't no no not only is like a stitch a chaos muppet so is lilo and they cause a lot of problems uh that puts them all in danger but anyway they're trying their best and uh they still want to be a family even though it's really tough so uh stitch slowly learns how to become a little bit more civilized or at least be part of an ohana it means family. And what does that mean? No one gets left behind. Or? Forgotten. Okay. Uh, so it ends up that the scientists and stuff uh, find Stitch and they want to take him back. But no, uh, he's become too good of a friend. And so um, there's chaos as the social workers there and the oh, aliens try to find dumb. him. Cookies but then dumb. the alien queen is like, all right, he's uh, earned his place here. Uh, he's part of a family and you guys are stupid and let them all live together and surf. You are well past the cookie timer, young lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like Stitch with your chaotic disregard for the care of time. Two and a half minutes really should be the thing. I feel like two and a half minutes is always when we get things done. Yeah, that's why two is more fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, that's 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 it. Yeah, but let me let me ask you this. Uh, You said Stitch uh, finds himself to be part of a family. Mm -hmm. Is it is it good? Uh, Yeah, still good. Oh. Oh. Oh, um, yeah, that movie, that movie makes me weep. I mean, both of these movies, I, I cry hard uh-huh. during, um, but yeah, Stitch, Stitch gets me, man. Stitch gets me. St- uh, Stitch is great yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Not in the ad campaign. No. In the movies, fine. S- uh, Lilo and Stitch was, and a, was a, it was a hit. It, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, before and after Disney is not really pumping out anything worth seeing, so I I do think, I mean, based on the number of series spinoffs and sequels and whatnot, I think they kind of rode the wave, rode the uh, surfing wave maybe a little longer than they should have because the next movie that came out that really made the studio any money was Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't think Tangled was a flop in theaters, but it, it had more of a life after because it wasn't well marketed. Yeah, and I, I think I think Lilo and Stitch is uh, like I think maybe they learned the long re- wrong lesson from Lilo and Stitch, mm. um, which is like, hey, we should be irreverent and Shrekier. Yeah, and I remember you saying Tangled was like initially supposed to be Shrekier, and they're yeah. like, that's eh, not. Yeah, that's not the best use of our resources. Um, yeah, 
but yeah, Lilo and Stitch was like uh, markedly different than anything else Disney was doing. Mm-hmm. Not only in that it was good, <laughs> but that it was like it, like Lilo and Stitch is not a classic tale that we all know and love. Right. It is not. And and neither is Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. These both kind of come. I, Lilo and Stitch is an original idea from the directors. Actually, one of the, the director, um, Chris something, uh, Sanders, Chris Sanders, who also plays Stitch. He came up with the character in the 80s for mm-hmm. a children's book that never happened. And so this isn't based on a fairy tale. It's not like. No. It's, it's, it's nothing. Nothing. It's based on what Chris Sanders came up with. Right. And the Iron Giant is based on a book, but I don't know how popular the book was it's, uh, when like it came out or at that time. I'm a I'm a like a sci-fi guy. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of that book yeah. or read that book. So fairly obscure. They're certainly not fairy tales. Yeah, um, that's happening a lot around this time. So um, yeah, like two very distinctly different movies, and they still feel distinctly different, mm-hmm. both for their time period, and it's like oh. These are both bold choices, I feel like, in terms of stories and some of the ways that the characters are expressed. Um, It's just uncommon and kind of refreshing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, um, you know, these kids in both of the movies are a little bit, I guess Hogarth is a little bit more traditional kid in an animated film. But I don't don't know, what what do you think about Hogarth as a protagonist i i I mean i think he's like kind of a weird lonely kid um he's not so weird but he's definitely like a lonely kid Mm -hmm. he's got his specific fascinations which are uh it seems like science fiction Mm -hmm. comic books and bringing home pets right Um, (laughs) yeah that's true i think at the beginning of the movie he brings home a squirrel right so like the next pet he brings home and keeps in a doghouse is the iron giant (laughs) it's a giant robot yeah um yeah, so so Hogarth is. Uh, I, I I said a couple times in this movie how much it reminds me of seventies Spielberg, mm. which I think it's supposed to remind us of like f- serials from the forties and fifties. But since like Spielberg and Lucas based all their movies off of serials from the forties sure. and fifties, it just reminded me of Spielberg. And that's interesting because the um, so Brad Bird directed this movie, mm-hmm. Incredibles simpson stuff um but he had a co-writer um that he wasn't too jazzed about working with but it's actually the co-writer so this movie ends with the iron giant um you know destroying the missile but also destroying himself but the very last scene you know he has this power of like if he loses a limb it like kind of uh has some artificial intelligence that brings him back together yeah so you the last scene is you see like his body parts start to like find him from all corners of the earth and a little bit of a hopeful message and that was brad bird's co-writer's idea because brad bird had the movie ending in a war between the u.s and uh ussr oh wow yeah it like a very bleak ending and the coder the co-writer's uh statement was you can't kill et and not let the audience see him again mm. uh which just goes to tie in that like they were considering yeah. this story along with you know the serials and everything, too. and I think they. I think I've seen like ET mentioned around Iron Giant a couple of well, times. Be good, like yeah. my brother who has seen this movie a bunch of times. <laughs> I texted him that we were watching it, and he just writes, "Be good." I'm like, "No, it's not there." It's not from that, <laughs> um, yeah the 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 giant is uh, yeah. Sorry, Hogarth is is really 
kind of just a, a kid that is interested in stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's just like an every kid. He's an every kid, but I feel like there was care that went into the characterization and like his three dimensionalness that you don't always see in a kid centered animated movie. Like yeah. a lot of times they're really obnoxious. Like they don't understand things to the point of like, all right, well, kids aren't this dumb. Like, yeah. Uh, and I never feel that with Hogarth. He always feels very fleshed out, very practical even in his like you know wild ideas about what this you know robot could be or what he could teach him yeah um he feels like a real kid yes yeah and so does lilo Mm. to a a hilarious extent yeah lilo is a weird kid and there's no sugar coating on it like she's just weird (laughs) that and that's uh, no sugar coating is a thing about lilo and stitch that i really Mm, like mm -hmm. in general that movie like their family life is not ideal. No. It's downright kind of terrible. Um, and Lilo is weird. Like yeah. she's got a crappy doll with a giant head. That she made herself. And it's unclear. Like like she tells the other kids like, oh, she's got a giant head. So I pretend that a bug laid eggs in her head or something yeah. like that. But it's unclear whether she made that weird doll on purpose or if she tried to make a doll, it ended up weird, and so she has, like, a reason for yeah, it. Yeah, she had the backstory after. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just straight up weird. I mean, I love that that pet store scene where she, like, sees all these dogs, and then this one that's, like, creepy and slobbery and, like, can stand on two feet and give her a hug. She's like, yes, <laughs> I want this one. Yeah. It's, like, it's perfect for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she she also has some of the funniest like lines in mm-hmm. or the funniest deliveries in yes. this whole movie. Yes, um, the uh, we watched some trailers before uh, before starting recording, and there's a there's one where she shows her sister that if you put Stitch's claw on a record player and open his mouth, it, the record plays. Yeah, he is the record player, and she just goes, "Look." <laughs> Just a deadpan, deadpan facial expression. <laughs> um, the other like deadpan thing that I love is when she's like trying to train Stitch because she still thinks he's a dog, <laughs> and she like throws something and he doesn't fetch it, and she just deadpan sprays him in the face with a water bottle. <laughs> I don't know why it just it slays me. There are so many good scenes like yeah. that show this building relationship in both movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like definitely, it's more comedic in Lilo and Stitch, yeah, because um, the characters are a little bit more cartoony. Uh, but with with Hogarth and the giant, I, it's just it's just giant, right? Yeah, like he just he's not him, even named. He calls him giant. Does he call him giant? Yeah. Okay. Um, there are th- like a learning language and learning the difference between rock and tree. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and I mean, oh, that scene's so good. One, I feel like maybe. Every performance maybe is this, but one of the best Vin Diesel performances I've ever heard. Yeah. But I don't know. We like keep saying that about Vin Diesel performances. Uh, I I would like to amend that already because the best (laughs) Vin Diesel performance we've ever seen is Vin Diesel doing a behind the scenes. Like featurette. Featurette for 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 the the WB. WB, Uh, He hosts it. Oh my goodness. he is clearly baked. Like he is like I have, I don't height. think I've ever seen someone that clearly high on a pre-recorded segment. Yeah, no less. like like 
they could have done another take or and he's reading the lines that's the thing like he is doing the job they paid him to do yeah when you don't see him on camera it's it's perfect but then when the camera cuts to him you can see he's like (laughs) talking and maybe like walking in a different direction walking in circles or like like doing a little dance or yeah i don't know it's great He's amazing. It is it is quite amazing. Yeah, um, it would be a toss-up between Groot, Iron Giant, and this uh, hosting yeah. thing. Um, and, and the relationship between each of these pairs is interesting, you know, maybe to me as a teacher, but certainly as someone who is interested in psychology and, like you said, nurture versus nature, because both of these kids are from broken families, yep. right? Dad is gone in Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. He's died... Uh, I think we both don't... both parents died in um, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, so Lilo and Stitch, both parents oh, Iron died Giant. in Iron uh, Giant. Dad, Dad is... maybe died... Died, gone. Something. It's Yeah, he's not there. Yeah. Um, so mom is like single parent waitress, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so they're both lonely, but these creatures that they befriend, they I guess they don't know they're lonely, but they kind of are too. But um, you met, you know, both of us mentioned in the summaries that they have been trained to destroy. Yes. And it's overcoming that in the presence of these children and with the help mm-hmm. of the children because they they see them as pets. Like that's they want a friend, they want a pet, and so they, you know, kind of see what they want to see. And it's, you know, that idea of when someone sees the best in you, the the best comes out. Like yep. it's drawn out of you because someone believes that to be you. And it's it's interesting the the way that each of them learns. Like the the giant starts off as a blank slate, mm-hmm. and then is taught by um, Hogarth. Right. Uh, whereas Stitch, like he crash lands on Earth because he is a he's like a creature created specifically to be indestructible and just cause destruction everywhere. Right. Like the ultimate weapon. He's like escaping. He is on Earth, and he is only in Lilo's care because they he knows it's that hiding. Yeah. yeah, he knows that uh, the people sent after him won't kill any of the indigenous life. Mm-hmm. Like they won't harm a human or let themselves be seen by a human or a mosquito or a mosquito. <laughs> so, like he he chooses Lilo as a human shield, right? And then she, like, not know, like, thinking he is a dog. Sort of like trains him to be good, right? Uh, it's is fascinating the difference between where the giant is coming from and where Stitch is coming from. Absolutely, and I I love um in, in the first scene you meet uh, Lilo, she gets made fun of by the other girls, mm-hmm. and then she gets so mad that she attacks one. Um, it's it's all comedically played. She goes, but she goes for it. Like she like hits her, she bites her. (laughs) Um, And there's a scene later on when Stitch is like having trouble adjusting to like being trained versus his, you know, his instincts. Um, And she says to him, "I know why you bite people. I know why you push people away." Like she, yeah, she gets him. In well, I mean, she's projecting onto him in a certain way but it is like when you know we put our walls up when we're when we have trauma and we can attack when we don't mean to and that's a theme in both of them because when the iron giant get you know sees a gun he just goes into this 
unconscious mode. Like his eyes go red and he just, everything becomes a target. And um, yeah, it's really powerful for the, for Hogarth to kind of teach him, you, this, this doesn't have to be you. Like you can yeah. choose to be good over your instincts. And it just says so much about trauma and how we evolve past it and how it's, you know, how triggering elements don't let us. And, oh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So um, as as uh, as a teacher of code, uh, I teach a subject that I've only recently learned. And every time I teach, I get better at coding Hmm. or better at debugging. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true of any kind of teaching. I always tell people, like, if you're having trouble learning something, teach someone else and it's going to get it's going to get in your head Mm -hmm. fast. So I think as a teacher and you, of course, are a teacher as well, uh, even more so um, in that you are an actual teacher. We all teach. All right. You teach adults. I teach children. Yeah. Um, But um, I think as a teacher, you can't help but also learn. Lilo, I think we see that a lot. Mm. Do we see Hogarth learning along the way things about himself or or do we see the giant teaching him anything that's a great question thank you uh hmm i mean i guess yeah i'm not sure if it's something he necessarily needed to learn based on what we know about him but it is interesting to um there's one scene where hogarth brings a whole pile of comic books into the uh to the giant and like introduces him to all of like this is Superman he's a lot like you he crash landed on another planet and he doesn't know anything and he's super strong and um, but he chooses to be good and save people and I you know I wonder if that's gonna be I I mean is this fictional character right like but if we saw sequels whether that would become more of like Hogarth's kind of main thrust of a personality. It's like choosing to do good yeah. with, with what he's got. Because of these formative experiences. Oh. Yeah, I think I, I, I think it's a fair question. I don't think Yeah, I don't think the movie is as much about Hogarth as it is about the giant and how people react to the giant. Yeah. Um but yeah and Lilo and Stitch definitely they both learn how to take care of Ohana. Aww. Yeah. Still good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still good. Uh, well, so, okay. Dick, what do you think is the main, then, message in the Iron Giant? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. The main message, <clears throat> I can tell you what I think the, th- the, th- the theme is, mm-hmm. which is, which is kind of what we were talking about is like you can you can choose you can choose mm. you know mm-hmm. like you could choose who you are you can choose what you do um even if like you've got some bad programming mm. if that yeah 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 i like that a lot and you can and conversely you can choose the the destructive yeah. Right. Like that's the, the government agent and most of the government just, you know, going by orders when they come into the town. They're like, this is giant robot. 
obviously it's not a good thing. We need to destroy it. Right. Um, and they're not listening to any other evidence, but they're constantly choosing that, right? Like they're learning. Hogarth is trying to tell them. The artist dude is trying to tell them. Everyone's trying to tell them, but they're choosing to go, I guess, the easier path. I don't know what I would call it, but choose the, I don't have to admit I was wrong. Right. And and not change. And so you see it on both sides, which is really interesting. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind. <laughs> I was trying to think. Like, if Hogarth doesn't have a, a an arc, then what is the? And that's. I mean, I think that's the interesting thing mm-hmm. is Hogarth. <clears throat> I think he like maybe grows up through mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, I think it's sort of like sort of like um, Spirited Away, uh, mm. which we watched for another episode, where like uh, Chihiro doesn't really come out. Like, I learned my lesson, and my lesson is mm-hmm. X. Like Hogarth, I think we see him grow up a little bit. Mm. I think, uh, you know, always taking care of someone else is an experience that ages you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like maybe he just reinforces some of the things he already knows. Um, Or uh, or maybe like, yeah, yeah, I think reinforces. Like he's talking about, not all death is bad, but all killing is bad. Yeah. Talking about like souls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a soul. Like you can die, but your soul doesn't die. Like I think I think he hones in on what his philosophy is. And I think he serves somewhat too as a, you know, proxy of childhood innocence and like this openness to all right, yeah, there's a giant robot in front of me, but that doesn't mean he's bad like yeah, it's, a, it's a giant robot i've always wanted a giant robot. yeah cool like what what what, what comes next um what what does come next? that's very existential thank you uh perhaps we should talk um changing gears entirely let's change gears uh talk robot a little bit gears oh beep boop uh perhaps we should talk a little bit about the animation itself okay these being animated movies uh so they're they're on this like cusp that we've talked about before of like cgi is possible but sometimes it's not very good i think both these movies look great the cgi and everything i think most of both of these movies look great fair same um i think i think iron giant looks great start to finish i think the the cgi really works and as we saw in there is a uh, we'll we'll try and remember to link to it either in the the show notes or on our Twitter. There is an excellent behind the scenes of Iron Giant, um, where uh, Vin Diesel is super high. Yes, um, but also they they talk about some of the challenges that they ran into and and some of the ways that they're producing it. And the interesting thing about the giant himself is that he is CG, mm-hmm. but the paint is not CG. He's yeah. hand painted over cg movement is that correct that is correct and he looks like he looks like he belongs yeah like he moves different but a robot would move different right yeah so he looks like he belongs in in the story uh and in the environment Mm -hmm. and that's great like the cg i i think like my only issue with some of the the look of iron giant is some of the the character design Mm. Uh, just because there's there's that one character that really stands out to me, who's like the guy that saw the 
the robot. Yeah, he looks out of place. Like the, like, the seat, the shipman. Yeah, yeah, he looks a little out of place. And also, his voice doesn't look like, doesn't sound like he looks like. Yeah, like, it's that weird, like his volume levels apparently were never adjusted. <laughs> yeah, I feel like voice actors were not like one of their focuses. Yeah. Um, but like the the look of the main characters, the action sequences, my mm-hmm. God. Um, yeah. Everything is just just really well executed. It's beautiful. And you were mentioning, Dick, they, I didn't know, they re-released this movie, Iron Giant, into mm-hmm. theaters like three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, pretty recently. And you were saying they, they added scenes? Yeah, they added two scenes. And we watched those just before this. One of them was, was um, just a casual scene between, um, I don't remember their names, Harry Connick Jr. and yeah. Jennifer Aniston, who played Hogarth's mom. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And that scene is just kind of like building a relationship between them right. a little bit more. The other scene they added is a dream that the Iron Giant is having. And in that is the, also in, transmitted to a oh, TV it's set to nearby. A TV yeah. that Harry Connick Jr. is watching. As he's like sleeping. Yeah. And it's like this big epic like battle scene because he's dreaming of like being a weapon yeah and it's there's all these iron giants and we get a little glimpse of like what his past might be right also, or what his future could be it's I, like and also we see that flashback he's dreaming and not flashback. which is interesting yeah but they said that in making that they had to like really limit the technology that they used because they kept making or they would like make something and be like well, this doesn't look like the Iron Giant This anymore. doesn't look like 1999. Yeah. It looks like 2015. That's yeah. so interesting that there was care taken to do that. No. Um, because it still looks good now. Yeah. The movie looks great. It looks very good. L- yeah. Lilo and Stitch, I know. I think I know what you're talking about in the mostly. Say, uh, Dick, why do you say it mostly looks why good? Why do you think I say mostly looks good? I think uh, some of the transportation that is CG looks a little weird now. Like the spaceship... And it's, the like the the that spaceship sequence where it's flying between the mountains of Hawaii. Why and, do you think that sequence might look particularly different? Uh, maybe because they changed it at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. But also, I've seen. So this movie came out in two thousand two. Uh-huh. There was originally a, a climactic sequence where a Boeing, right, like, like a seven forty seven forty seven. Uh, flies in between a bunch of buildings in a and, like, city. Crashes into some, and of like them. crashes into some buildings in two thousand two. So they didn't use that. <laughs> so they and changed that. They had yeah. it all done. They were pretty much done, and they had to change like the last third yeah. of the movie to be able to set it in not a city, and then change so, the so aircraft like, to a spaceship. Yeah, they're flying in a spaceship now, and they're flying through mountains now, mm-hmm. and. I don't know if it's because I know that, mm. but I, I distinctly noticed the CG was like, eh, just a little bit rougher. The mountains looked weird. So I didn't mind it as much because Lilo and Stitch to me has a more, I it, it obviously it stands alone as a movie, but the animation style to me looks more like Disney TV show mm. um, in that it's a little bit rougher. And that was, some of those were choices. I know um, Chris Sanders wanted the background to be watercolor. So yeah. like the animators were trained in watercolor, but it, you know, it looks less alive. It's more impressionistic. Um, so I guess that the CG for me was like, oh yeah, that's what a 2002 Disney TV show looks like. Yeah. And I'm not bothered by it because the story is good and it's pretty 
cohesive as yeah. CG models throughout the the film. And I think I think throughout the film generally it's really good. Yeah. Just like towards towards the end there, like again, maybe it's because I know what's happening, mm-hmm. or maybe it's because it was like kind of rushed out. Uh, but there's some parts that are like, uh, this looks fine, mm-hmm. but only fine. Sure. Yeah. Um, these, uh, uh, both of these movies, um, are PG. They are. Even without a plane crashing <clears throat> into buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Giant, uh, is definitely, was definitely seeking, uh, PG, right? Like they, they Ooh, say. Why do you say that? Well, I mean the language, like straight off, they say hell and damn and, and some other, like there's, there's a little bit of language. There's. <clears throat> yeah, I do you I, think that was to get the movie a PG? I don't think it was to get the movie a PG. Mm-hmm. I just think that's the kind of movie they set out to mm-hmm. make. Mm-hmm. I think they were like, you know, again, I'm going to go back to that Spielberg well and say, like, like, look, this is going to be an action movie. We're like, we're this isn't like gore, but we're not going to pull any punches. We're going to show some people in danger. We're mm-hmm. going to show people, you know, shooting at our hero the Iron Giant, mm-hmm. while he's holding our other hero, Hogarth. A boy. <laughs> um, we're going to show some real action, and, like, we're not going to worry about, like, we're not going to worry too much about, like, whether an eight-year-old can see this. Because I don't. I also don't think it's targeted at. No. Right. Like, this no. is a family movie, but it's not targeted at the whole family. Right. I mean, and Warner Brothers didn't target it at anyone at all, so... Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, Lilo and Stitch, Oops. though, also PG. PG for... Oh, I looked this up. It's, it's for, like, mild space mild violence. Mild space violence. Like, that's, like... Yeah, it's sci-fi action. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's blasters in this. There was also another removed or altered scene, um, in part in response to 9-11 and in part just, like, this doesn't need the the weaponry. I think was supposed was, to be more violent. Yeah, the weaponry had like changed to like green lasers. I think there was a gun at one point yeah. that was changed to a green laser. Yeah, and I think like Stitch or someone has like a doodad kind of machine that's like in the movie. It's like a corkscrew and a mm. plunger or something, but it was like knives or something. It was oh, like oh, interesting. Yeah, it like when you look at the two scenes together, you're like ooh. Oh no! I'm glad they went this direction. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's a little too violent. So even even toned down, they ended up with a PG. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like I I don't know. Do you think it deserves one? I mean, we we were we had to research it because we're we were pretty sure Iron Giant had a PG, yeah. and we thought, well, Lilo and Stitch probably is G. It was not. It feels like a G movie to me. Um, and I guess maybe. Just by this point in time, we're all kind of desensitized to like cartoon space violence. Yeah, so I, like that's a thing that has happened a lot. So it doesn't feel. Yeah, I mean. But I also wonder if like the MPAA reviewed a version of Leland Stitch without the changes made to it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, um, but this isn't the first PG Disney movie. The first was Black Cauldron, Black Cauldron. or the first Disney animated feature mm-hmm. that was PG it was Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron. But I think those are the only... Is Moana PG? No. Something makes me think that one of the big ones recently was PG. Huh. I, Not Coco. I don't know. I don't... No, nothing comes to mind. Okay. Star Wars. Well, sure. <laughs> Animated. Yeah. Something is PG. There's a lot of animation in that. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, generally, Disney does G, even when, like, Hunchback doesn't seem like it should be G, but it is. Like, it seems like more of a PG movie than Lilo and Stitch, but oh well. Uh, so, Dick, any, uh, you know, thoughts to kind of tie these movies up before we head into the final cut? Yeah, I just want to say straight up, if you haven't seen one of these movies, see it. Absolutely. If you haven't seen both of these movies, get ready for a weekend. See them together. Yeah, just like have like stuck up on the tissues. I would say uh, Lilo and Stitch, then Iron Giant, Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm because Lilo and Stitch, you get a good laugh before you cry, and then Iron Giant, like there's there's humor, but it's it's not like it's not as funny as Lilo and Stitch, which is aiming for the comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Uh, just. Enjoy the hell out of them. <laughs> so, uh, Dick, our first segment of the final cut. The is final cut it is called Scene Shoutout. Ooh. In which you get to shout out uh, a scene <laughs> in in both movies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So let's start with Iron Giant. What is uh, what's a, a scene that resonates with you? That makes you want to shout it out. Makes me want to shout it out. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, I, well, you talked to me about yours already, and I'm trying not to steal it because it's a good one. We can have the same scene. Um, no, I let me. Uh, I, I'll t- I'll talk about the scene specifically uh, where I think we talked about earlier, where he's showing the Iron Giant comic books. Mm. And he shows him like a Superman. He's like, he's a good guy. He's like the, you know, you, you should, you're, you're like him and you should be like him. He's the guy, um, which is interesting because in Lilo and Stitch, it's Elvis. It's like, this is the guy you should be like. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't similar think about hair. That. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So it's like, yo, this is Superman. He's the guy you should be like. And then the Iron Giant sees another comic with an evil killer robot mm-hmm. on it. And he's like, um, ex- yeah, like he doesn't say it, but yeah. he's like, ex- excuse me, what? And he's like, no, he's a bad guy. You don't want to be him. But the Iron Giant kind of is him. Well, and he, yeah, and he directly sees himself in yeah. <laughs> that picture. Um, and I think that's that's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because it's like, um, I don't, I don't know if intentionally, but it's kind of a commentary on or representation hmm. uh, in film and media. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, if you see, if growing up you see people that look like you or robots that look like you portrayed as the bad guy all the time, mm-hmm. what effect is that going to have? Yeah. Uh, or like, is that good? Uh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really interesting, but also like seeing the kid kind of not get it. Yeah, the kid. Like, does, no, 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 that's a bad don't, guy. Don't worry about the. Don't worry about that. That's a bad guy. He's not looking at the. He's not the physical he's not similarities. Like, yeah, and I think that's a moment where like we kind of see the kid not appreciate the giant as much. Mm. Uh, like, kind of like, oh, he's my pet, and not like he's my friend. Right. Um, and then like seconds later, Hogarth almost gets zapped because he points a gun at the giant. Right. And he's like, again, like not. Not necessarily paying attention to the giant, more paying attention to himself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's an interesting scene where like our our like main character almost gets himself killed just because he's being kind of a dick. Right, uh, right. 
and I think in in that scene and in the rest of the movie, it is effective that they, because they are Warner Brothers, can just outright use Superman. Yeah. Um, I think it makes it feel a little bit more authentic for the time yeah. um, that this takes place in the 50s and Superman is a big deal. And also it's not a substitution for something the audience recognizes. It's just the flat out Superman. It's not... Yeah, you know, like some hero that's created to kind of be a Superman and it doesn't, stand in. It doesn't feel like tied in. No, it's not like it's not. It's not like oh, Superman. Yeah. Also, you can buy Superman products. Well, in the and gift shop. right, and like the the comic book cover is like action. Yeah, comics, it's, it's the like action or comics. detective comics, whatever it was. Action, no, that's Batman. Action, yeah. Batman is detective. Comics. Um, and you could just yeah, like you see that cover and you know what it is mm-hmm. and you know what it means and like yeah, and Superman is like Kleenex these yeah. days right yeah. like you just it's just it's it's uh, we, we don't need to get into copyright law now but uh it probably should be public domain yeah it depends who's renewed it yeah it does and that's dumb so uh kate <laughs> uh, do you have a scene from the iron giant that so you'd like to speaking call of out? superman yeah. uh there's a sequence at the end where everything is going uh to hell and uh to escape uh not the missile, but uh, an attack before that. Um, Hogarth instructs the Iron Giant to uh, be like super, like uh, they fall off a cliff, right? And then like they they maybe both discover that the Iron Giant has jetpack feet. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's unclear if the Iron Giant you can knew. Fly? Yeah, yeah. It's like fly, fly. And so he like you know goes up in the clouds and he <laughs> says, no, no, fly like Superman. And then he puts one arm out and it's like, which is such a kid thing. Oh yeah, and it's so it's adorable. Oh. But then immediately after this like fighter jet starts coming at him and his eyes, go, you've seen this happen multiple times in the movie, his eyes go red, he starts to do a target and then the Iron Giant himself waves his hand in front of his eyes like, a, no, you don't have to do this. And that moment made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, you know, in every other situation up to this point, Another character has kind of intervened, like, you know, put down the gun. It's making him fry. But it's the Iron Giant himself that is recognizing Mm -hmm. this triggering event and making a choice to go another way, which is just it's so powerful, both for that character and for the kind of, you know, what it what it means that we as humans can do when, you know, we feel stuck in a destructive have it. It's it, very powerful for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great scene. Mm. Uh, I believe he says, like, no must be Superman or something like that. Yeah, I, he I might say no. Yeah, there's a couple times where that that idea is kind of referenced mm. in that sequence. But I also kind of want, want to make a cut of the Iron Giant wave in his hand in front of his eyes With the, to the John Cena thing. Yeah, I, I figured that was coming. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, Lilo and Stitch scene shout outs. Oh, man. Uh, I'm making you start this one so I can think. Uh, Okay. I. Man. There are many that I could go back to. Yeah. That, you know, that scene where she says, I know why you bite people is. It's a really good line. Yeah. Um, But I think. I'm going to shout out that scene in the pet store where. You know, stitches. He starts out by just like trying to hide, and like any human will do, right? It's not he hasn't targeted Lilo specifically, but the fact that he's in there, he like 
pops his hand, his like extra set of hands into his body, pops mm-hmm. his uh, antennas down and Lilo's looking through the dogs and then he just comes up to her, gives her a hug, like that's something that dogs do. And he says hello. <laughs> and he, hello. And uh, just Lilo immediately, yes, I want, like her <laughs> face just lights up. Yeah. Her mouth goes big like a like I feel like a Miyazaki character. It's mm. like, yes, I want this one. Yeah. And it's like this inevitable moment that, you know, as the viewer, you know that Lilo is going to love this weird dog because you just know that she's weird. But just the the actual moment happening is very uh, well executed and effective. <laughs> yeah. And made me laugh out loud. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a. It's a very good scene. Uh, uh, and yeah, all of Lilo's reactions mm-hmm. uh, make me very happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She reacts great. She's got great animators. Yeah. Um, man, I wish uh, I wish I still had more time to think. There's uh-huh. there's so many good scenes in this movie and like it's hard to pick one mm-hmm. that I want to call out. Um, so the one... Um, so the one I want to talk about is uh, Stitch and the Ugly Duckling. Because mm. um, Lilo, like, he finds the book or Lilo's reading it or something. And he, like, kind of, like, he kind of points at it. And she's like, yeah, this is, this is the Ugly Duckling. He, he like, lost his family. And you see the duckling saying, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. And then Stitch, like... Instead of looking like a killing machine, looking like a toddler, mm-hmm. grabs this book that's too big for him, climbs out the mm. window, <laughs> sits in the forest, and just goes, "I'm lost." Oh, you're. Ma- I'm lost. <laughs> I me know. Cry. <laughs> I'm making me cry. It, but it's oh. like the whole thing's broken by the dude wanting to shoot him. So right. Um, yeah, that scene is just it's oh. it's heartbreaking and it's gorgeous. And I mean, but like it. it I'm so glad that we did these movies together because it's both Stitch and the giant have these moments of like very unhuman, you know, object or creatures having these very human, very vulnerable moments where like Stitch recognizes that he's lost and that's wild. He recognizes that he does not know his family. Right. And he doesn't have a family. Right. And that's... Yes. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. But but he wants one. Yeah. Like not only does he not have one, but he would like to find that. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> I know. Hey Kate. Uh did uh, he wants to find one, even yeah. if it's little and uh, broken, but still good. Yeah. Still good. Still good. Okay. <sighs> Kate. Let me like on that note, mm. let me ask you. Who's your MVP of Lilo and Stitch? Um, and the Iron Giant. And the Iron Giant. I forgot okay. we MVP for both. <laughs> Who's your MVP for Lilo and Stitch and the Iron Giant? I. Um, Which, by the way, uh, I know we're not there yet, but that's a crossover. Lilo and Stitch and the Iron Giant. It is I, all of them. I'd see that. Yeah. All of the. Uh, no. Who's Who's your MVP? I, I'm I'm gonna go with Lilo. Nice. Uh, she's just such an unconventionally weird, like just an authentically weird kid character yeah. that I think we could see a lot more of in any kind of animation or 
regular movies or live action movies, not regular movies. Um, yeah, Lilo's great. Her reactions, like you said, are always really well done. She is her own person. She, I, I think I like the unpredictability of her character that yeah. like, I don't know what she's going to do next at any point in time. <laughs> and, it, and, and again, like you are a teacher. You uh-huh. teach kids Lilo's yeah. age. I'm an uncle. Um, uh-huh. We both know, we both know that, we both know some weird kids. Yeah. Uh, you tell me amazing stories about your. Oh, yeah. Your no, the weird, weird kids, kids are the best kids. They're the best kids. <laughs> um, they just say weird stuff that you just you can't you literally can't make it up. Yeah, and like, do you, how like how much do you think that affects the perception of realism of Lilo? Like, does she feel realer because she's weird? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I mean, I don't. You know, you're only seeing Lilo with her family and with would-be friends. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit different of like a, of context than yeah. when I see kids. But yeah, just, just that unpredictability is real for me. Like brings it, brings it home. Yeah. Uh, MVP, Dick Ward. Hey, you know, it's hard not to say Lilo, but mm-hmm. I'm going to add in some variety. I'm going to say Stitch. All right. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I love the Iron Giant, uh, but like none of those. Like the only character that really stands out for me in that movie is the giant. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know what? Now that I said it, I'm changing it. Boom. Vin Diesel. Yeah, I was um, gonna. I was for two for two reasons. One confused why that wasn't the first answer. One because of his performance, uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, I am I am absolutely a Vin Diesel apologist. Like even though he's done all the triple X movies and the Fast and the Furios, um, <laughs> his like performance in this, his performance in Guardians of the Galaxy and in Pitch Black, I think are fantastic. I think he does a certain kind of character well, uh, and I think he was probably living his best life. And uh, good it sure for him. seems that way. Yeah, we saw um, like recording booth footage. <laughs> Where I was shocked that he just made sounds that I thought a computer helped him make. Yeah. Yeah. I was it, in like, the other room and you yelled, he just made that noise. He just he just sounded like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like these like super bass. Like he sounds like a robot. Yeah. Like when we do a deep voice. Right. It yeah. sounds kind of goofy, but that's already Vin Diesel's voice. Yeah. So when he Rock does a deep voice. Tree? But like yeah. it, yeah, it was mind blowing. Crazy Vance. Uh, yeah, so for, for work, his Vin performance Diesel. and also for his performance in that behind the scenes. Guys, uh, it's a treat. <laughs> so great. It is a treat. Like you learn about the Iron Giant and also you see Vin Diesel like spin around and say like, that <laughs> hey, Iron Giant's one bad dude, brother. You or, learn a lot about Vin Diesel. Or whatever, yeah. And maybe the budget on how many takes they could or could not afford. Yeah. And and I will say like it's much better than Jason Alexander yeah. hosting the Hunchback. Oh yeah, I'd much it's much see better that. than uh, Aaliyah hosting the oh. uh, Rest in Peace, uh, <laughs> hosting the Anastasia one. That's not her fault. Not she was her just fault. given no direction, no. and they're like, "We'll have this recording artist do it." She shouldn't have been chosen for that job. It like, was not a good job. Should have been Kelsey Grammer. Like, also, like the opening line was something like, "Well, like here I am in Paris or something it's me. like." Aaliyah. Yes. In Paris. Yeah. That's Welcome to Paris. It was like, badly written. <laughs> it was badly written. Oh, poor, poor Aaliyah. So um, besides wanting, obviously, to cross over Aaliyah and Jason Alexander. Or Vin uh, Diesel. Who, who else would you 
would you cross over between these two movies? All right. I am going to cross over. Hmm. Um, this is an interesting one because there are so many good characters in both. There's really good storytelling in both. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. I am going to... Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm going to. Maybe this is an easy answer. Yeah. But I would like to see the adventures that the giant and Stitch go on, because I think uh, you know Lilo and Stitch are both weird. Mm-hmm. Hogarth and Iron Giant are both kind of uh, more straight men. Yeah. Uh, so you put Stitch and the giant together. No, I want Hogarth and Lilo to meet and like try to become friends. Yeah. Because it'd be weird. <laughs> like, or like, uh, like, yeah, like their families marry into each other and they're like the only cousins or something and they have to figure out how to be at family functions together. They're just sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, what I want. I, I would say like I would like to see Lilo in anyone. Yeah. Uh, she's, I, I thought I liked Stitch the best. Lilo is my favorite character she's in that great. movie. She's so good. Um, okay, so my crossover is going to be uh, Lieutenant... Manly, uh-huh. uh huh. I think is the like yes. crazy FBI guy from yeah. uh, Iron Giant mm-hmm. with uh, Bubbles. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, uh, Bubba, uh, Cobra, Cobra, Cobra Bubbles. Cobra Bubbles. Who is the really intense uh, <laughs> like family social worker? Social yeah. worker uh, in Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I want those guys to go on adventures together. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Uh, I think I, I specifically want them. I've made a decision. All right. Uh, in a remake of uh, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Uh, oh my gosh. Lieutenant Manley plays the John Travolta role. Yeah. And Cobra Bubbles plays the Samuel L. Jackson role. Yeah, I want to see someone get shot in a car with them in it. That'd be great. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so these, I mean, we like these movies a lot. What do, what do you do with them in 2018? Uh, let's start with, with Lilo and Stitch. Well, in 20, you, in 2018, I don't get around to oh, watching no. them. In 2019. Oh, in 2019. It, it's okay. a new year. Yeah. What do, what do we do in 2019? Do we, uh, are we vaulting? Are we, uh, uh, uh re-releasing them as is? Are we giving them like some sort of special edition where we like plus it up, make some changes? Or are we throwing them into the vault? Is that what you're asking me? Yes, that is what I'm asking. Well, I'm going to start with The Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it just got a re-release where it got plussed up a little bit. Uh, great. Here's, the, here's what I would do. I would put it right back in theaters with a change in some of the non-starring voice talent mm. uh i it, that fisherman guy yeah who looks he looks like he should talk like this and, and he just like hello my name is the fisherman guy he doesn't have yeah. like a goofy voice like he should yeah um so there's like a couple of those voices that i would just redo like not john mahoney he's great mm-hmm. um yeah and, uh, also um i would advertise it yeah that would be a great plus up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you if you want to see Bread Bird uh, be angry. Yeah. 
look for him talking about the advertising Warner Brothers for the Iron Giant and <laughs> yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah, uh, they did not know what they had on their hands. No, and they screwed it up. Yeah. Kate, what would you do for the Iron Giant? Is this a, is this a re-release, a special edition, or vault? So I would do a slight special edition, kind of like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There are moments, especially in the end, that I feel like the Brad Bird now would kind of streamline to be mm. more effective. Mm-hmm. So like when um, the giant goes up in the air to um, you know, avert the missile and yeah. self-sacrifice, you see this whole sequence where, or you hear this whole sequence, I guess, where like Hogarth's words come back and like, you can choose to be good. Yeah. You don't have to be bad, but it's like, three more sentences than you need and really you don't need any sentences you don't need it because we know it because you did a good job yeah like you did a good job i understand like that like kind of like a reprise like it comes back to be familiar but all you need is his last line where he's you know he's got the missile in his face it's his last seconds and he puts out a hand and he goes superman Mm. and then makes contact with the missile like it's so powerful and i feel like it is drained a little bit by just a little extra on the nosiness. Yeah. Um, I also think he should add in, be good. Because <laughs> I was so ready to cry at that line. Right? I thought, so this is what I thought was going to happen. Um, this is uh-huh. kind of like my uh, Hello Dolly uh, headcanon. Oh, yeah, where you thought where Dolly thought was, she was a, a recluse? A shut-in for 50 years, and when she's saying hello to everyone, it's like her grand re-entrance into society. No, nope. she just hasn't seen the waiters in a while, and yeah. just is saying she's hi. She's just going to a restaurant she hasn't been to in a little bit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, so so in, in my head, this is how it should have gone. Um, in you know the final uh, you know attack on the Iron Giant, his eyes are going red. He's mm. about to destroy everything. And Hogarth looks at him and just says, no, you can't do this. No, no, no. Be good. Right? Like, he goes, choose to be good. No. no. Okay. This is my, this is okay. my headcanon. All right. Uh, and then an Iron Giant, like, shuts down. Kind of like the we're back dinosaur thing. We're like, no, I know you can be good. And then they just, like, magically turn back into goofy dinosaurs. So then... When it becomes clear that he has to go up and stop the missile, he can turn to Hogarth as he says goodbye and say, be good, and then fly up into the air. That's what I thought was going to happen. I was waiting for that moment to burst into tears, and then it didn't happen, and I got confused. I still cried. I think maybe we're just going to watch E.T. this weekend. I mean, maybe we just watch E.T. Maybe we'll just watch E.T. That'll satisfy (laughs) Uh, so I say mostly re-release, but I think there's a little bit of like final drafting that can be done, especially because Brad Bird is so talented and competent. so good at everything. Just so good. Who knew? And he's only gotten better. So what about, uh, Lilo and Stitch? What do you, what do you do with a problem like Stitch? Um, here's, here's what I do. First off, uh, I'm just going to give this a re-release. Just straight up. I, I think there are some like problems we could fix with the animation, but it's not super bothersome. So I'm just going to give it a re-release. But the change I do make is I release a whole bunch more previews with Stitch jumping into classic Disney movies. But hear me out. Instead of Disney movies we like, he's jumping into Disney movies that don't work so well. 
So like uh, Disney's jumping into Moana and he's just like, ooh, why why are you fighting this uh, fire lady? What's going on here? <laughs> or he jumps into like a song of the South, uh, like Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder, but instead it's Stitch. I don't know. Like, uh, let's have a mess with some <laughs> movies that we don't care about as much as Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. Okay. I was, I mean, uh, listeners, you can't see me, but I was giving him the death stare for a while. Yeah. Uh, this idea is weird, but not Thank you. controversial. Uh, it's, it's a little bit Lilo weird. It's a little bit Lilo weird. A little bit rock and roll. Uh, yeah, I re-release, but yeah, I totally redo the advertising campaign because it makes me angry. Yeah. It makes me upset to see those movies ruined like that. I also just really don't like seeing Lilo trying to pick up chicks or, or Stitch. Stitch. Yeah, you wouldn't. Either. Yeah, you wouldn't like either because she's like four. Yeah, it's inappropriate. Uh, but Stitch trying to pick up. It's like well, it's not his character at you all don't in the do movie. This in the movie, he never ever does that in the yeah. movie. So it's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. So really good movies. You yeah, everyone should see them. Yeah. That. Is that all? That's, that's I mean, that's, that's all. Hey, um, if you, as a listener, uh, want to suggest a movie or a pair of movies for us to talk about, mm-hmm. you can hit us up on the social media mm-hmm. at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, uh, Cellmates Podcast on Facebook, Cellmates Podcast at gmail.com on Gmail, and Cellmates Podcast.com <laughs> on the World Wide Web. On the internet. Yeah. 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 And uh, t- tell a friend. Yeah, that, or, you know, like, tell an enemy. Like, whoever. Yeah, I mean, if they like animated movies, who cares? I, I mean, even if they don't, be like, yo, educate yourself. Yeah. Educate yourself. <laughs> That's from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, I know. That was a good impression. Thanks. Well done. You too. Still good. Yeah. So it's Lilo and Stitch, then Stitch the movie, then Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch has a glitch, These are all movies? then Leroy and show? Stitch. They have a TV show? Yeah. What was that? Lilo and Stitch, the TV show. Don't forget about the short film, The Origin of Stitch, or the animated si- series, Lilo and Stitch, the series. And don't forget the animated series, Stitch. And don't forget the animated series, Stitch and I. Well, if you missed Stitch and the Planet of Sand or Stitch Perfect Memory. None of my kids have ever mentioned Stitch. Ever. Yeah. Stitch is not... uh, I don't think he's America famous. Uh, it's Lilo and Stitch Pinball, Disney's Lilo and Stitch, Disney's Lilo and Stitch Trouble in Paradise, D- Disney Stitch Experiment 66, I mean, Lilo and Stitch 2, Hymns 3 Vil Havoc, this movie Kingdom Hearts 2, Disney Friends, Disney's Stitch Jam, I can't hear your voice in my Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, I can't 